toy fans welcome to another podcast of the toy lines podcast i'm tom romero ian is off right now but we have a special special guest with us or special co-host with us mr scott toy guru nightlick how you doing scott Woohoo! i've been elevated from guest to guest co-host i think that's the first time i've ever done this actually i've never co-hosted a podcast nice if you don't know and if you don't know, you're probably under a rock. Scott used to be the brand manager for most or some of the best Mattel toy lines out there. He's done Masters of the Universe classics, DC classics, Green Lanterns movie. The man is a this is where I'm getting my toy PhD from, from all his YouTube videos. So I highly recommend Googling Spectre Creative and watching all his masterful videos. How you doing, Scott? Every video people must watch, like all 400. That's what I'm saying. I, I've i learned so much from your videos. I'm ready for my toy PhD. Honestly, I, it started just because of the whole COVID thing. And like with the lockdown, I was looking for something just fun to do, you know, that I could do from home. And I'm a big YouTube and podcast, podcast listener, YouTube watcher, Um which hopefully everyone is watching toy lines from their YouTube channel and are subscribing because uh, that's very important because it helps get YouTube it tells YouTube to share this, this toy lines podcast with other people. That's what subscriptions do is it's all about the YouTube algorithm, but uh, yeah, it just started as something to do, but I realized from watching so many, most of the YouTube content about toys falls into two categories. It's either people reviewing a toy that's already out or they got mm-hmm. an early example of, or giving the history of a toy line like, you know, Food Fighters or Strawberry Shortcake or something. And since I have that unique background of both working in the toy industry, but I'm also a collector, that I see so many people discussing things online that I'm like, no, 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 like you're not, you're, yeah, but you don't, like, let me explain the why. Because toy companies don't usually do that because, I don't know, they just don't. So that's kind of the whole point of the Spectre Creative YouTube channel is to give a little insight into why things happen in the toy industry. Yeah. I love the fact that you're revealing secrets, that stuff that we've never known about the inside workings of an actual toy company. And now you also do masters of the universe classics commentary, which I love your recent one focused on He-Man reverting He-Man's rights reverting back to universal. So first off, I, I may have forgotten this. How exactly did Mattel lose the rights? And when does it officially revert back to Universal? Is it next year or the year after? Um, well, just to codify that, and with your previous statement about, you know, revealing secrets, um, I mean, absolutely, you know, it's, it, it depends on what your definition of is is, right? So to us, these are secrets, and in no way am I ever giving away proprietary information on any one toy company. I've worked for quite a few, not just Mattel. Most of what I'm talking about are things that apply to the industry as a whole, or mm-hmm. they're publicly accessible. Um, so I just want to make sure to caveat that that like, way is this you know top secret information that like I'm not supposed to be giving out. I'm just trying to bring to light things that are out there. So that's a perfect question falling in that line. So and this is all I mean you know pub- you could find this by reading Mattel analyst reports and stock reports going back 20 years. Um, I just sort of shift, sift through them for you. So you don't have to do that. And the short, short version 
uh, is in the 90s, Mattel sold off the what started as the entertainment rights for He-Man. So that included cartoons, live action, puppet shows, uh, comic books, that kind of thing. Um, and then eventually sold off all of the rights, but what they kept was first pass toy rights, which means if if the owner, and if the owner has changed hands many, many times, there's actually a video about this. If you Google who owns Masters of the Universe, my video, um, essentially it, it started with Hallmark, which was bought by Entertainment Rights, which was bought by Classic Media, which was bought by DreamWorks, which was bought by Universal. So Universal now owns the entertainment rights, except for the live action rights, which are with Sony, which will expire once Sony stops working on it. And they've almost kind of perpetually worked on it to keep the rights, kind of like what happened with that Fantastic Four movie Snuff, you know, years ago with the Roger Corman movie that was made just to keep the rights. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so basically the rights were sold off in the 90s because it, at the time it was considered a dead brand. Um, you know, just like if Mattel, you know, was going to sell off the rights to, um, you know, Pulsar or Major Matt Mason or something like, you know, these toys haven't been at market in years, although those are coming back and we can get to that. Right. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, so it was considered a dead brand. Mattel had a bad year and needed revenue. So they looked in their portfolio to see what they had that they could offload mm -hmm. and they offloaded masters. And so the, my, the way the deal works, and again, go through Mattel stock, you know, analyst reports, they're publicly available. You can, I'm not making this stuff up. So the owner, which is now universal through acquisitions, uh, regains toy rights in 2023. Okay. So that means Mattel has the first rights to make a toy until then. That, like, look at what would happen with Super 7. Once Mattel said, no, we're not going to make six-inch figures, then Universal can go to anyone and say, okay, Mattel has passed. Now we're accepting bids. Right. And that's actually part of the reason why there's so much mode to at retail right now. You know, you've got Origins, and you've got Fisher Price, and Imagine X, and Masterverse, and the new CGI show, and um, uh, Mega Blocks. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on because if Mattel passes on any of these, then Universal can, like, if Mattel said, no, we're not going to make, um, you know, toddler toys, the Fisher Price. Right, so then right. Universal can say, okay, the toddler category. So by doing all of these categories, it locks in Mattel as the Toy, toy manufacturer for that category. Um, and you can split up a brand like in a gazillion categories, uh, you know? So, yeah, so that, 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 so that, so in 2023, Mattel would have to pitch for the brand just like any other company or Universal could just say, hey, keep going with it. You're doing a fine job and not disturb them. But wow. at that point, Universal owns everything. Wow, that's wow, incredible. That's a little bit of feedback. There we go. All right, much better. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm just astounded that, I mean, could you picture a He-Man under like a Hasbro license? I mean, it's crazy. Honestly, it was weird enough to me to see Super 7 on the packaging. Um, yeah. 
after working on it. But yeah, I mean, technically, you know, if you will, you know, as Spock says, by the book, it could go to Hasbro, McFarlane, Jax, Spin Master, anybody yeah. could pitch for it. You know, Universal could also say, like, we like what, you know, this brand is associated with Mattel. We're going to keep going with them. I and mean, it doesn't mean they're going to yank the rights. It just means they have now the ability to. Right, right. But enough about Mattel. Hasbro Pulse Fest was this weekend, and they announced a quite a bit from Fortnite all the way through the new G.I. Joe movie. But first, let's catch up a little bit. We were gone last week, so there was some interesting news that happened while we were away. April O'Neil the 1990 movie figure based on the likeness of actress Judith Hogue was created. At least her videos are starting and will continue out throughout the month of April. Now, Scott, do you collect NECA aim NECA products? Um, I do have some, you could see, uh, there we go. My finger pointed to that Marty McFly behind me. Oh, okay. You can kind of see that. So yes, no, I, I do have some NECA product. Um, Mostly it's one, the scale is a little bit, I'm a six inch collector right? and NECA stuff tends to be a little bit bigger. Um, but Marty's like, that's the only, I mean, that's the only one we've gotten. <laughs> um, I do have a lot of NECA's alien figures. Cause I, I like, I have all of the, um, the space Marines. Oh, cool. Stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I do, I do. And I, you know, I know Randy Falk from the industry, great guy. I mean, I think I love, I do really enjoy what NECA does. Oh, and yeah, I, definitely. Yeah, it's great that they're doing – I love that, Ninja, the first Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So is, is Ralph's, Ralph's uh, sigh in her purse? Oh, you know what? That's a great idea. I don't think on this first sculpt. Now, something like this. Now, since you've been in the toy industry, there was uh, a camera of some sort where you can capture, like, photorealistic to make the – the mold even more accurate. Yeah, Is that yeah. True? digital scanning. Yeah, Gentle Giant does that. Um, <laughs> they, they actually um, do that. They Gentle Giant does all the scanning for Hasbro. Oh, cool. So, like a lot, all those Marvel Legends we're getting and Star Wars figures that are looking more and more photoreal is because yeah, they they do scan. They now do computer generated sculpts where they'll scan the actor. Um. And uh, in the case of uh, Peter Cushing, his death mask, and uh, make a more accurate figure. Wow, that's excellent. That must be time consuming, though, right? Getting the the actor and then, you know, just scanning. And it must be an expensive process, I'd imagine, as well. Um, I've been to Gentle Giant and I've seen their machine. It's like, I mean, it kind of looks like something out of like Total Recall or something. Where like mm. the person like sits there and it's like goes you know up and down and stuff. I mean, I yeah, I imagine it was costly at purchase, but it's probably paid off with all of the uh, you know, like they they basically pride themselves on having a top of the industry three D scan. They do uh, Mattel's WWE as well. Oh okay. Uh, scan. So yeah, I mean a lot of companies use General Giant basically has, has like the scanner, um, and so a lot of companies use them to get the best most accurate sculpts. Funny that you mentioned that because Mattel has announced Wave 7 of the Masters of the WWE. Right now we have Andre the Giant. He looks like Titus. 
And then I guess a battle armored Hulk Hogan. Oh, that's great that they did. It was tight. Oh, that's in clamp champ. Yeah. Yeah. Junkyard dog. I believe he's got a bit of spike cord in there too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like, like his a, armor. Like a combo spike or and clamp champ. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's one of my favorites. Sergeant slaughter as man at arms. Nice. Yeah, I love the star right in the corner there in the green deco. And then yeah, this is that's this is a crate. Oh, sorry, God. I believe that's Brett Michaels as Triclops. And I'll then, buy that. Yep. And then he also comes with all oh, different shades. Oh, they did the eyes as his different glasses. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really cool. The guy, the people doing WWE at Mattel are definitely some of the. Uh, more passionate, knowledgeable fan, toy makers are also fan. Most of the people on WWE are also big WWE fans. Um, oh, nice! So, like you, you could see that. I mean, that the, the, the idea of doing the glasses as Triclops um, visor that can only come from someone who's a fan, right there. That's great. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, those are the kind of details that just are so much fun. Definitely. And then other news from Super Seven: they're coming out with a Rita Repulsa reaction figure for their Power Rangers line and Entertainment Earth has announced a Ninja Turtles exclusive mutagen man that glows in the dark and is available for pre-order right now. Yep. That's uh, that's even though I know he's the Hasbro buyer, uh, Adam Paulus who works for Entertainment Earth and is a very good friend of mine. He loves glow in the dark. And you'll note that Entertainment Earth tends to get a lot of glow-in-the-dark exclusives. Uh, they had a Nosferatu. They had um, uh, Toxic Avenger. It shows up, like, it shows up dis- uh, disproportionately at Entertainment Earth, our glow-in-the-dark variants. So, oh, uh, nice. Yep, that's because Adam is like a glow-in-the-dark aficionado. He loves it. <laughs> and now switching gears, we're going to... Circle back to the 80s at Super 7 with Gem and Pizzazz reaction figures. Nice. Now, these are interesting. Like, if I I didn't listen to your podcast, and I know I'm, like, co-hosting it, I would not know about this stuff. Like, I try to try so hard to keep up on what's going on with, with like fan sites, but not, this is the first time I've heard of almost any of this stuff. Like bravo to the way you're able to keep up on this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, yeah. I mean, we've been fortunate. Everyone's sending us their press releases through toy lines. So that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. You can see I, there's a gem. Can you see her in my background? Yep. She's, yeah. Back there somewhere. I got her. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, you're totally outrageous, I guess. But let's circle back to He-Man. <laughs> so Mondo just released this teaser. Looks like a one sixteenth uh, Keldor. Yeah, the uh, gla- the gl- vial of acid gives it away every time. We use that yeah. as a two for classics. We just yeah. showed the vial. And I love that Hordax in the background. Now that is a figure I can't wait to get. He's supposed to come in two versions, though. He's going to come in in filmation colors and then his action figure vintage colors. Hey, if you can redeco it, man, the savings on tooling is ridiculous. Oh, I can imagine. Anytime you can legitimately release a figure in a new deco, no tooling, like, you know, you're making money. 
<laughs> and speaking of making money, they're going to make a ton on this beautiful statue right here of Tila from Tweeterhead. Now, I've said this before. For me, for some reason, Tweeterhead either knocks it out of the park or just misses it completely. But this Tila statue, gorgeous. They've really outdone themselves with this. And I love the customization options. Like you can get longer hair, staff of Ka, sword. I mean, yeah, this thing is beautiful. I was like, are those two different heads? Yeah, they are. I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. They're all actually from the same exact angle. Now that I look at it with, with the different head, I thought we were looking at spinning shots. But now I realize, <laughs> yes, we're looking at four images of her from the same angle but just replacing the staff with the sword and the two different heads. Right. And then I believe that's a piece of Castle Grayskull base she has on, or she's standing on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got some teeth, so maybe it's like part of the jaw bridge or something, or who knows? Right. Yep. And all this beauty could be yours for $475 up for pre-order right now on Big Bad Toy Store. Very nice. And so are you familiar with California reopening right now? Because it has been announced that the Avengers campus will open on June 4th at Disney California adventure. Uh, so I'm a recent uh, refugee from California, having been there for 25 years. Now I'm in North Carolina, but I grew up in orange County and everyone in my high school had a season pass to Disneyland because it was 20 minutes from my high school and back then you can get a season pass for $99 for the whole year. Wow. Uh, I know, which is crazy because it's like oh, well over $1,000 now. And that was for the premium pass that got you parking and discounts and, you know, 365 access. So you would go to Disneyland on the weekend and you see like everybody from your math class there. Um, <laughs> that's pretty so, cool. Yep. So that's my old stomping ground. I, I know exactly where that is in, in uh, downtown Disney. And uh, or you say it's, it's, it's in um, California Adventure. Yes. Yeah. So, boy, they yeah, they need more stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Now, speaking of California, yesterday, PowerCon, which will take place in Anaheim on September 11th and 12th, just opened up their hotel block. Will you be attending, Scott? Uh, if I'm invited uh, mm -hmm. as a guest, I will go going on my own. Um, just for logistical reasons. Um, mm -hmm. When I was in California, you know, PowerCon was, you know, just a drive down the street, but now it's oh, a, yeah. uh, you know, flying across the country kind of thing. Um, and with, you know, a wife and daughter and, you know, all my stuff here, it's harder to get away um, when it's not for business purposes. Gotcha. So. Well, if you are attending PowerCon, the hotel block, the discounted hotel block has opened up yesterday and, Rooms are going fast. So if you are planning on attending, you should take advantage while you can. I believe. I um, highly um, recommend it to people just because I may not be able to get there. I mean, I've been many, many years. It is. If you are a He-Man fan, it's amazing because it's yes. like everyone is there for love of the brand. And it's, and it gets bigger. Like it really has gotten like. Oh yeah. Very, Definitely. Like, yeah. The sales floor alone is like spilling out now into the hall. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It, I always have a great time. Yeah. And one of the best things about it is you get to meet people that you have never seen, but somehow you communicate on the org. Like I met these guys um, from Mexico, Cueva the Beastman, greatest bunch of guys you can ever meet. 
I mean, they they were. It's very interesting how to how you see a a toy you grew up with, but kind of like in a different light, just because they were you know they were collected in different parts of the world. So it it really is a an eye opener as well. And then this was also teased from Super Seven. Now a lot of people are speculating that this is the bottom of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles van. Now that's exciting, especially after the success of the Thunder Tank. Which also reminds me, since I have you, why didn't Classics ever come out with a attack track? Was it just the tooling cost, or just it never? Oh, it, it was just hadn't gotten to it yet. I mean, oh, okay. we were basically at the point that we were doing one vehicle a year. And, you know, I think the, the attack track, the road ripper and land shark um, and the dragon walker were all sort of like in the pool of wow. next. Um, but then, yeah, when the license got passed off to super, like sort of that one of the things about Mattel and I'm, I'm sure Hasbro too is toy lines tend to be very templated. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so like, let's say a line is 12 figures, a vehicle, and a playset. It's really easy to do the same, like that exact same thing the following year. So, because we had a vehicle now working and baked into the architecture of the line, it was getting easier and easier. You know, that's why we went like, you know, Talon Fighter to uh, uh, Roton, you know, okay. et cetera. But, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, if, I, if, if I had stayed or if someone at Mattel jumped into the seat, the driver's seat for the attack track, it would have happened. Yeah, because I saw the tooling they were doing. I mean, each individual piece on the attack track, I mean, that must be in the millions just tooling alone. Um, I mean, the vehicle, I, I wouldn't put, I mean, Castle Grayskull was half a million dollars. Wow. Um, you know, so I don't think the attack track would be that much. I mean, um, you know, I mean, you, I, I, the wheels might not work in that like up and down way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm totally, you know, get it's, you know, it's like it never made it beyond discussions. Like it never even made it on a piece of paper. Wow. Um, but, you know, the vehicles always tended to do what they needed to do. And, uh, right, right. you know. So, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub, Rick and Morty season five will premiere in June. And yeah, that was quick. We usually have to wait like years. Yeah, June 20th. Yeah, I am definitely Szechuan sauce excited. Nice. <laughs> okay, so that takes care of uh, all the stuff we catched up on. I know we missed a lot, but we'll circle around if it's uh, important. So let's get into Hasbro Pulse. It was this past Friday and Thursday, and they gave us a little teaser of Domino and Cannonball from X-Force. Now, apparently, they're both going to have double joints at the elbows and knees for full articulation. Now, nice. stuff like that, is, is that gets to be expensive, the double joints and things like that? Or is it just, you know, a, no, a new I mean, way of tool? The more articulated the figure, the more expensive it is. I mean, if you something like a reaction figure is way, or a Funko, non-articulated figure. The reason Funko can do that is because there's no articulation. Um, oh, okay. You know, the less articulation, the cheaper it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's great that I'm. I mean, I'm looking at my uh, my X Files or X Files X Force shelf here, and I am 
definitely with bated breath waiting for that domino, but hopefully we'll also get Farrell too, because she's now the one missing member oh, of wow. the original team. Gotcha. She's never had a toy, ever. Farrell? Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. That's good to know. So bring it on. Make it happen, Hasbro. <laughs> now let's get into some reveals. Now, I believe you ordered this, Scott, the HasLab Sentinel. I did. It was my first and so far only HasLab purchase. So it's already paid for in full, which I'm glad because now I don't have to pay. Now I don't have to save for it. It's already done. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cool. So they're going with the uh, the house or not the House of X. Um, uh, what's yeah? Is that, is that right? Yeah, House of yeah, X. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the, the language from the island language there. Um, I definitely will not be keeping it in package. I already have a spot mm -hmm. like, waiting for it right here. Awesome. Uh, I'm a big, yeah. With Marvel Legends, like, you can't, sometimes I feel like you got to pick and choose. Like if you go all in, it's like crazy. So for me, it's 90s X-Men and Spider-Man villains are my kind of, Mar so oh, this, nice. I almost did it, but I was like, oh yeah, that counts. That's absolutely, you know, I already have a <laughs> Sentinel, but this one is definitely like, this is, you just like can't like you know when you see something like this, it's like a once in a lifetime thing, like Castle Grayskull or the Sail Bar. Right. It's like it's not gonna come back, and you just have to think like I know it's a lot of money, but is it gonna make me happy for years? And uh, that's yeah. true. Now, are when your collections are you all in on certain lines or are you a cherry pick? The only line that I'm hundred percent all in is Star Wars three and three fourth classic trilogy, which I know maybe doesn't make me all in, but um, I have every single figure that from the classic trilogy from 95 to, I actually just got Bespin escape Leia uh, the oh, cool. other day. So yeah, I am a hundred percent all in on that. Every variant, every paint change, every belt change, Wow. Uh, Rebought figures because I've lost accessories just to make sure my collection is complete. So that I'm all in. Marvel Legends is more of a cherry pick. Like, like I'll buy anyone who's an X-Men 90s character, I will buy. And every Spider-Man villain, I will buy. So oh, cool. Never thought I'd get a Frogman or a, a White Rabbit, but hey. <laughs> so, yeah, here is the artwork for the box coming soon. And now they've also jumped into the 1.75. Is that correct? 3.75, excuse me. Yeah, this is, so what we're looking at here is the Marvel Legends. I mean, I guess the best way to describe it is like the reaction figures, essentially, or the retro figures. Exactly. For Star Wars. They're meant to, they even use the Kenner logo on packaging. Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because Kenner never made Marvel figures. So these are in my mind, basically supposed to be like, what if, like if Kenner made Marvel figures when they were making star Wars and, and Robin hood and all of that, what, how would they have done it? It definitely has a little bit of Mattel's secret wars feel, but definitely they're shorter than that. They're three and three fourth. So and, you know, limited five points of articulation. Um, it's cool. I've seen them in store, actually, uh, once. I passed on them and never seen them again. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's like how many iterations of Hulk and Spider-Man do I need? Exactly. Um, 
I like what they're doing. I love, I mean, the fact that they put the Kenner logo on it, it's such a weird, wonderful thing because it's like they're recreating a toy that never existed. Yes, definitely. But something like this, I'm looking at it, and for $9.99, I would just leave it on card. Like, it's a beautiful display item with the artwork. Absolutely. You know, I think that, like, this and the reaction figures and the the retro Star Wars line that they have for Mandalorian coming out, they did for Empire last year. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we see a lot more of this. Um, it's interesting how resistant Hasbro was for years with really? Super 7 and Reaction doing those. Mm-hmm. Um, not making them themselves and not sub-licensing them to a Super 7 to do. And now, like, they're finally... It was the same thing like with the vintage carded figures or the Macquarie figures. They say no, no, no for years, and then suddenly they do it and it becomes the number one thing. Yeah, yeah. They seem yeah. to have a history of doing that. So this first next wave, excuse me, will feature Grey Hulk, the Invisible Woman, Ant-Man, Bullseye from Daredevil, The Vision, Cyclops. And I believe, yep. And then that leads us to our next Marvel Legends wave and the Iron Man wave. Now this is the first figure in the Iron Man wave is modular Iron Man from the 90s. Now, this wasn't really my favorite suit, but I could see why they would do it. Yeah, I mean, the 90s is... I mean, most of us adult collectors came of age, I think, in the 90s or the 80s. Um, Like, that's, like, when we were teenagers. Um, Like, uh, like, uh... For my... Uh, mine, mine. I, I know this is a video, and unless you're watching on YouTube, but here's my. Uh, this, I'm holding up a uh, Iron Man um, from the early Hasbro days. This was like the legendary Heroes line where he had like the giant boots. Oh, okay. This, so this was my like in the '90s. This is the one I remembered, and that's why I bought this one. This one, I like. It, it must have been after I finished reading Marvel comics and like moved on. Oh, so. Okay. But I get it, you know, for 90s fans, great. And we haven't had an Iron Man-themed Marvel Legends wave since, I think, like, Iron Man 3. Wow. Okay. Was the, that was, like, the last wave of Marvel Legends before they converted to the black boxes. Oh, right, right, right. They had to build a figure of Iron Monger, the comic book version, and it had, like, a an Ultron that was just not good and uh, some other Iron Man variants. But, yeah. It's amazing how we, we have not had an Iron Man. This is the second Iron Man wave ever. Wow. Now, what's your favorite Iron Man suit of armor? Is uh, it that one? Or are no, you a fan of a different color? Is the Silver Centurion armor. Nice. Um, which is because my very first comic book ever was, I'm looking up at it, Iron Man uh, 203. Um, okay. That actual, like that, not, not like a rebuy, but I have that actual comic. It was sent to me at summer camp by my grandfather, literally from a box in his basement. I know that sounds like a <laughs> stereotypical like you know, movie thing, but that really happened. And that was my first ever comic book. And it, like I, I remember vividly there was a panel where Tony is flying in his uh, Silver Centurion armor, and he's talking about – he's going on like a date with, with someone, not Pepper, and uh, talking about how he has butterflies in his stomach just like – if he was in junior high 
And I was a little mm -hmm. bit younger than junior high, but it made me think like, wow, like a superhero can feel this way about a girl. That's just <laughs> like me. Like that's the way I feel about girls, um, you know, or dating, you know, whatever. So I, I found it very relatable. And uh, that's why I've always loved Silver Centurion armor. Nice. Yeah, that's my favorite. I just love the design of it with the wings on the side on his shoulders and stuff. But I do also like the black and gold version. I've heard that come up a lot. The colors pop a lot. Yes, definitely. It's very, believe it or not, I mean, in my opinion, very toyetic. I mean, I, I think there's only, I know they've made a statue of it. And then I think maybe Marvel Legends had one, but I would like to see more of that color scheme. I'm sure with the pot, yeah, like the popularity of the Iron Man, like, like this one, the uh, stealth armor you just threw up on screen. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. This is another uh, favorite. But I don't believe he made too many appearances in the comic, the stealth. Yeah, not too much. He had, was it issue 295, 296, something like that, wow. is, is a very famous uh, cover where all of the Iron Man armors are coming at you. Right. Including the stealth armor. Um, that was pretty cool, too. So Stealth Armor comes with a swappable head of Tony Stark, two different hands, and some blast effects. Yep, your standard Iron Man blast effects that we've gotten a thousand times now. Yeah, but that's hey. true. There's, there, I mean, I've known people with like boxes of just effects. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, 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 I stopped sorting my accessories by brand. Okay. And I, started, and I now sort them in baggies by what they are. So I've got effects, heads, hands, guns, wow. swords, like bow and arrows, clubs. <laughs> like that way, I can, if I need something, I can easily find it. That's uh, awesome. On, yeah. So, yes, I have a bag of effects, magical effects and blast effects. <laughs> and then hologram Iron Man. Not too many people online are uh, excited about this figure for some reason. I actually think it looks cool. I mean, the blue really pops. Yeah, I think, you know, part of it is just, you know, it's like an easy repaint, if you will, and it can tend to look cheap. It's totally canon. Um, right. You know, I mean, I love my ghost Star Wars figures, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. the hologram Star Wars figures, but, you know, I get it. Unless you're, like, really an Iron Man fan, this can seem like you know, I don't know, like a cheap ripoff maybe. Mm. But I mean, I mean, I, I, I've made plenty of, I, I mean, I got the hot, you know, clear horde act back there. So it's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's actually a cool character though. I'm not but, saying Iron so, Man isn't, but like a see through a horde act, it, it was, it made sense. Does it make, it doesn't this though make just as much sense? I mean, this is, I, don't, I mean, there you go. Like, I think like, you're right. Yeah, I think you have to be like a real all-in hardcore Iron Man fan for this. And then Ultron would yeah, be pretty this, cool. This one, I think, is going to be the, the the steal the show of the wave because this is like I mean, this is by far the best six-inch Ultron we've ever gotten. They're really Hasbro's really hitting a stride with the iconic villains lately. Definitely, and I love the Kirby crackle. That fits right into his mouth. Yeah, that is absolutely. Like that's some, yeah, that's some great detail right there. 
And he looks, I think he's fully sculpted unless he uses some arms and leg pieces from like an Iron Man. He's definitely got a lot of new parts. Possibly. Yeah, like the torso I've never seen before or even the the stomach area. But I mean, the, the hands do remind me of other Iron Man parts and I think maybe even Dr. Doom. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like some upper arm, lower leg reuse there, but he definitely has enough new parts to make him look, uh, you know, shiny. Definitely. And then Ironheart, a recent uh, arrival in the Marvel Universe, comes with a bunch of accessories, swappable head, two hands, blast effects, and I believe this is like smoke. Like yeah, is either... that from like a Black Widow figure? I don't think, are those original for her? Yes, I've never seen these before. For yeah, those definitely look. I I love the. I mean, the effects are so cool that they've been doing. Yeah, and I love the head sculpt. Like they really, they really had some attention to detail when they came to her hair. Like I like how it's just off the side. And there, oh, you, go. there you go. There's how to how to use the uh, smoke effect there. So yeah, for those those listening in the car, this is an image of. Uh, of Ironheart shooting a blast out of her hand, and then the smoke is curled around the top part of her hand, continuing down the blast effect. So that's how she's posed. Then here's a new arrival. Now, this character I'm not too familiar with, Dark Star. Now, I remember the Dark Star is from DC Comics, but she's brand new. I've never seen her before. But it looks like she uses a lot of the same parts as the Firestorm. Yeah, Some, I mean, basically uh, your standard female buck at this point, um, right. which is, I mean, that's... Or even, yeah, even the Marvel Legends uh, Invisible Woman. Yep, that's great. I mean, that when you, that's one of the great things about superheroes is so many of them are just in tight outfits <laughs> um, without much, you know, additional, what's called, in the industry, they call it the silhouette. Okay. Um, you know, and that's what a lot of kids actually look at, especially with cars. So with so many of these figures, they have the exact same silhouette. They just need a new head. And uh, I mean, it makes it much more economical. Nice. And then here's something, the build a figure, Ursula major. And this is a bear. I'm totally not familiar with. He must've been. It's from the winter soldier story. Um, yeah, I was really taken aback when I like I was like, oh my gosh, it's a super articulated grizzly bear. Like that yeah. alone is like, wow. <laughs> like, am I gonna have to buy this whole wave? Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm not really into this character, but just seeing visually, I mean, it's it's a super articulated grizzly bear. Like, there's so yeah. many funny things you could do with this. You know, from having hobbits ride him to having him hold the Joker's fish. Like, it just feels like there's the humor value alone in having a super articulated grizzly bear is worth the price of admission. Oh, definitely. It's ideas like that, that made me purchase the four horsemen moose from Mythic yeah, Legions. Yeah. I remember when you were talking about that, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I haven't yet thrown down. Uh, I only bought, actually we haven't gotten to the one figure in this wave that I, that I did buy, which, which is one? maybe after the, nope. Oh, no, it's uh, the guardsman. Oh shoot! So um, there is in here somewhere. (laughs) So there, yeah. So the other figure in this wave is the Vault Guardsman in their traditional green armor, Um, very 1980s, very 1990s look. Um, Sorry to make you like. Nope, that's uh, fine. 
drastically look for it. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I actually already pre-ordered two. So. Wow. There we they go. They labeled him on the back of the package as an enemy of Iron Man. I don't know if maybe I'm just not familiar with that. Oh, there he is. Yep. Um, for those of you, again, in the car, not watching the YouTube. So he's now on screen with the right arm of the giant bear. So he's got two closed fists, op two open fists, and a, a blaster that I think is a reissue of the blaster with uh, Stilt Man. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah. I I've always loved the guardsmen, like whenever they show up to escort, you know, Venom or whoever off. But on the back of the package, they call him an enemy of Iron Man, which maybe I'm not familiar with that storyline. I never saw him as one of Iron Man's bad guys. Yeah, that's weird. I do remember reading about it. It was an issue where like somebody was able to actually deactivate the the guardsmen and they all just dropped well i bought him because he's a guardsman and because you know you could pose him next to like any marvel super villain and like, oh yeah cool so that's why i had to have two because you know they're like the marvel version of a super cop yeah yeah build a fake or um army Ar builders yeah so this wave will be available in the summer, $22.99 per figure. Price hit, price increase. Ding, ding, no. ding. Well, isn't it true that uh, a lot of places are are increasing prices now because of the cost of plastics? Plastics and more so labor. Um, oh, okay. Really skyrocketing. So, yeah, I actually I did a video on the Spectre Creative YouTube channel, shameless plug, a while, um, at the very end of 2020, 2020, like in December, sort of giving my predictions. And one of them was that I was shocked that Marvel Legends and Black Series hadn't increased in price yet. They'd held their price for years. And so I was like, there, there's no way they're not going to go up in the following year. I thought they were going to go up to $24.99. But uh, really? hey, for twenty um, dollars I'm glad I have 90% of the Marvel Legends I already want. So I don't know. Make me purchase a bear, Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Infinity Saga Thor, or as I'm quoting him, Overweight Thor, who will come with Molnir and Stormbreaker, twenty four ninety nine, and will be will be released this fall. Yeah, but now, he's not part of a wave. He's just a uh, an online exclusive single. This is, this is Thor from the final battle of Endgame. Yes, and you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that they're starting to do more figures like this. I mean, granted, it's nice to see, a, you know, like a muscular He-Man type. But every now and then, you know, it, it's a nice reminder that, you know, you could be a hero too. Frogman. Frogman. There you go. So, yeah. So, with, um, Infinity Saga Thor will come with lightning effects, two sets of hands, and his famous weapons. And it looks like they're uh, molded in clear blue plastic with the handles painted brown. So you get like a light up effect on the axe part and the hammer part, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about lightning effects? Like, is it really necessary? Because this is something that's only come out recently, like, you know, maybe past five years. Well, I think less. I put I bank lightning effects with all these things, the blast effects, the smoke effects. Um, kids are gonna lose these pieces in two seconds. Right. They're not gonna care. They just want Thor. Um, 
but for collectors who pose them on shelf, um, I have all of my figures that come with blast effects. You, in fact, I even, I've like, I gave my uh, Marvel Legends Pyro from the Rogue 2 pack, I gave him the fire effects from my uh, Doctor Strange, uh, what the SFX, the, uh, no, sorry, I'm butchering the, the expensive ones from Japan. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, at the name of the series. Uh, like the $99 action figures they sell in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, AFF? Fig Arts or? Yeah, Figure Arts. Figure Figure Arts. arts. So, yeah, so I have the Figure Arts Doctor Strange who came with, for reasons, all these flame effects must have gotten cut from the movie. And so I gave them to my Marvel Legends Pyro and he looks even cooler. So Nice. uh, I like the effects for for display, but for kids, they're going to lose these things in two seconds. Yeah, there's definitely no playability. And now here was something, the Eye of Agamotto from Doctor Strange himself. $49.99 fall. Yeah, another uh, prop replica. Um, you know, big I mean I'm a big fan of these. We, I, I was a big proponent of doing these when I was at Mattel with things like Ghostbusters and the hoverboard from Back to the Future. Um, it's basically collector level costumes, you know, or cosplay, right. if you will. Um, which is great. I mean, I think they're really embracing that emerging market. And, you know, I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. Is the only $100 fig arts figure. Oh, he comes with the Infinity Stone that's removable. Oh, yeah. man. $40, you said? $49.99? $49.99, yep. All right. Better see if it's available on Amazon with free shipping. <laughs> damn, it has a removable Infinity Stone. Hot damn. Yeah. I have the... Uh, the, the um, gauntlet? Not the gauntlet, but I have the cube. The uh, oh, okay. Um, from Comic Con, which was, but there's no jet, there's no removable stone in that one. But I love just like sometimes when I have meetings with clients, I'll turn it on and put it in the background, and it'll oh, that's be, awesome. They're pulsating, and uh, oh yeah, I love these things. These are great. <laughs> and then we mentioned this before: a Walmart or Walgreens exclusive Quasar. Yep, Cap- the late Captain Marvel's uh, replacement with the Quantum Bands. Yep. Now, his name was Wendell. He died in the comic series, correct? Captain Marvel. Marvel. No, no, uh, Quasar. Oh, yeah. I mean, they. this is like the 90s version. Right, this right. Straight out of Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, it's weird that they gave him like the flame effects. He doesn't really, that's not really like the way he blasts, but hey, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. And let's get into Star Wars. That doesn't look like Star Wars. That looks like, nope. oh, that's your desktop. His desktop yeah. is is a Ninja Turtles from uh, uh, The Last Ronin, it looks like. Yes, definitely. A book everyone should be reading right now. So let's... I actually bought the first issue because of your push it. Your, uh, your men, you're talking about it. So you oh got God, me to it's it. so good. The last run. Have you seen the director's cut? Incredible. No, I've oh. heard. Is it out yet? Yes. Some okay. stuff, some stuff I didn't agree with and I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Like there was a whole subplot about Raphael attacking splinter. I'm glad they didn't go in that direction, but yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I don't usually buy Ninja Turtle comics. 
Oh, okay. So well, from the Black Series, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just saying, although I do have some of the old Eastman and Laird stuff, like their early work is great. But anyway, Black Series. So from Star Wars Black Series, they've announced Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Lando Calrissian. Complete with his little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about soft goods? A lot of that's starting to make a a big intro into collecting. I like them when they're both A, consistent, and B, needed. With Star Wars, I think they're very much needed. Um, I have a the six-inch Mandalorian in Beskar armor behind me um, with his jetpack, and you can't pose the darn thing because the jetpack and the uh, plastic cape get in the way. Versus if he had a soft goods cape, it would be so much more posable. And uh, Star Wars seems to be all over the map. Like, you know, sometimes like General... Uh, or uh, Director uh, Krennic had, you know, a, a hard a cape, but mm-hmm. Darth Vader and the Royal Guards have a soft good. You know, Lando here has a soft goods cape. So for me, I just, I, I like consistency. Gotcha. And I don't like that Star Wars goes both ways. Sometimes it's soft, sometimes it's not. I wish they would just go with soft since you need, for Star Wars, you need the soft goods to be able to pose the figures. Mm. Um so that's my thought. <laughs> Says the guy who was against putting soft goods in Moto. So, <laughs> really, why is that? Because of costs, or because I, um, I sometimes hear people go back and forth on the sorceress, like in order for her to actually, you know, sit in the throne room on, at Castle Grayskull, you know, the wings kind of get in the way. Um, that I mean the. Well, with that figure, I mean that could be a whole other podcast. Just like the, we tried so many different ways of doing the wings, um, just to make like the way the horsemen designed them. Mm-hmm. When it translated into a toy, it wasn't working, so they had to be redesigned. Like it's the whole concept of sculpting versus engineering. And okay. I remember, yeah, Terry and I would just would spend weeks trying away just to get it to work. Um, but more soft goods thinking like things like Keldor's cape or King He-Man's cape. Um, you know, it would just, it, they worked so well as plastic as, as uh, PVC or P, yeah, PVC that I really want, again, I want, I just wanted consistency. I, I hate lines that flip flop back and forth. Gotcha. Um, just pick a style and go with it. Makes sense. I mean, like I said, classics was a, a incredibly successful line. So he did something right. Consistency, it's important. What we all have OCD. We're all, you know, it's yeah. all of us collectors. We want we want everything to work together. So it's like, yeah, when McFarlane makes a Batman that's one inch too big, it's like, or you know, <laughs> my Mandalorian figure doesn't have a soft goods cape, but my Darth Vader does. It's like, ah. <laughs> and then also that was revealed to us, Koska Reeves from the Mandalorian. Yeah, so that is the other female Mandalorian warrior who I had no idea what her name was <laughs> until the figure <laughs> came out. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, she, I, I don't, I'm guessing she uses a lot of parts from. Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the leader of the Mandalorians with the red hair from Clone Wars? Oh, oh yeah, embarrassing myself. Um, this is what happens when you do live podcast. I keep saying Boris, but that's obviously not her name. Um, it'll it'll come to me in a minute. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely. 
And then also from The Mandalorian, Q90. The bug-eyed droid that belonged to uh, Mayfeld. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Very Star Wars-y. Yeah, he, he looks like a really good addition. And then here was a surprise, Aura Singh. Yeah, she's one of those weird figures that like had a cult following from episode one because it looked like she was going to be the new Boba Fett. Okay. Like appearing, you know, she appeared in one shot watching the podcast. Right. I remember people even calling her Baba Fett <laughs> and then completely disappeared. Um, I think originally she was supposed to be the bounty hunter from the beginning of Attack of the Clones, the one oh, okay. Sam Wetzel. Right, right. Yeah, it was, she's a, she was a she was like weird because like she was supposed to be like the hottest thing and then like nothing and now here she has a black series figure. Yeah, but the the same could actually be said for Boba Fett. I mean, he was a character that was on the Christmas special, and then he showed up in Jedi, died, and then blew up as a character. I mean, he's everywhere now. Well, uh, completely. But I mean, at least he did things. Like I mean, he he. He managed to track Han Solo and the Falcon to Cloud City. I mean, oh, that's right. Yep. You know, he like he he actually did accomplish something. <laughs> um, you know, and then brought Han to Jabba's palace. I mean, yeah, he went out like a well. I guess he didn't go out because now he's thanks to the Mandalorian. We know that the Sarlacc did find him somewhat indigestible. <laughs> and now from the Bad Batch, starting May fourth, Tech. Now here's one that people have been dying for because the rest of the team is already out. Yeah. Nothing like completing a team. That's what it's all about. It, like not having Feral in X-Force. Like, you know, you got to finish the team and they did. Yay. And he comes with some cool gadgets too, or at least tools. I like the helmet. Yeah. The helmet's very cool. And speaking of helmets, the Hasbro pulse team also announced the Antilles Battle simulation helmet. Hey, you got a rebel helmet in your tooling bank <laughs> and they all look the same. Why don't you repaint it as one of the more, po another popular pilot. Yeah. So the black series figures will be released this fall, 2299 at retail and wedge and Tilly's helmet will also be released in the fall. And which leads us to, the vintage line. It's Admiral Akbar. <laughs> you already own this figure. It's a trap. Yeah, now, that's true. Now he has Kodak moment deco. <laughs> and then also one of my favorites, Emperor Royal Guard. Like, just like you, I learned later in life what his title was. I used to call them Red Vaders. <laughs> That makes sense. And I love the swappable parts. The only thing I don't like about this figure is that the helmet falls off so easily. Oh, okay. Um, like the, the last Imperial Royal Guard, the one that came with the Comtech, um, I think it was released as part of either Solo or Episode 8. Um, first, it came in a two-pack or a three-pack with Palpatine and Luke for target. And then it was later released as a single in the solo line. That figure 
to me, is the perfect royal guard because it just stands, it holds the staff right. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. He can't, this figure cannot hold his staff. That's what bothered mm. It was the head, the helmet falls off, and it, the, the hand is not posed correctly to hold the pike uh, in guard position. So I bought, when this figure first came out, I bought six of them because, you know, there's six in the movie. And I was right, so right. disappointed that he couldn't be posed on my shelf holding the darn pike. But now he's back. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he can now. Oh, I doubt they change anything but the paint. <laughs> and then let's see here. And Hoth Luke Skywalker. Yep, another figure which you already own and you can now get with Kodak Moment Deco. But interesting because when you fully assemble his headgear, you can't see the face anyway. So oh, that's right. Where Yay, photo real deco you can't see. <laughs> and without uh, the headgear, he looks weird because he doesn't have his scarf either. Right, right. I was going to say that his head actually kind of looks like Ray from. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is some of it. Because this was from like, the, you know, the two seconds of film where he has his uh, scarf wrapped around his head. And uh, so you can't even see the improved paint job. So, you know. But, you know, yay, Hoff Luke. <laughs> and then Endor Han Solo. For the hundredth time. He's <laughs> um, although, actually, my original vintage, like the first time they released this figure, which I believe was at San Diego Comic-Con as part of the Death Star Revenge of the Sith multi-pack, the one that had Salacious Crumb and okay. the Mouse Droid, the single-carded figures in the counting series, which was crazy, but... Um, so Ma, Ma, that was the first time he was released and that figure of mine has completely turned yellow. Um, wow. so I'm looking forward to replacing him. So I did, I did rebuy this one because of that. Although you can take yellow figures and stick them in, uh, rubbing alcohol, uh, in a mason jar, a sealed mason jar full of rubbing alcohol and place it in the sun for three days and it will. Wow. So there's a little tip for you. Wow, good to know. Like I, like I said, I'm waiting for my PhD now. <laughs> and then um, from the gaming greats, Jedi Fallen Order, Electro Staff Purge Trooper. And I think this is an Entertainment Earth exclusive? Yes. Yep, looks cool. I don't play the video games. I mean, I do play video games, but not this one. But if you do, I bet you'll love this figure because he's got purple energy. And then Storm Shadow from Powers of the Force. Isn't Storm Shadow a Transformer? No, that's a G.I. Joe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. another Shadow entertainment. Shadow Stormtrooper. Yep. Shadow Stormtrooper. There we go. There you go. Another uh, Entertainment Earth exclusive. It looks like cast in clear blue but painted over so that some of the areas come out clear and some are painted. Looks. I mean, visually looks very cool. But, again, I only collect – original trilogy figures in this scale because that's my OCD. Yeah. That's a trend I've noticed with Hasbro. They, they like to make everything like sparkle, especially um, when we talk about the metallic power Rangers figures. And also from this line, heavy battle droid from battlefront two. He's not a battle droid. He's my brother. <laughs> uh, yeah. Battle droid, new colors. Entertainment Earth exclusive, I think, still. You're right. And then, uh, 
Yeah. And scout troopers again from fallen order. Yeah. It's like they took all of their GameStop exclusive black series, six inch and just now issued them as three and three fourth figures. Yeah. Pretty much. And these will be 1499 and will be available in the summer. Ah, so it's $14.99, the new $12.99? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, see, like, it's amazing how the price of the three and three-fourths and six-inch are just starting to merge, and where, you know, that price value is going to be a tricky thing for parents. And now, the Antok Merrick's X-Wing Fighter, $99 and fall. This will be a Target exclusive. So this is the Rogue One Blue Leader pilot um, from the final battle is what we're looking at. The guy with the mustache. Right. Uh, for those of you listening at home, um, figure looks great. Um, with Rogue One, I'm always torn be- with my whole OCD of the original trilogy because the fi- it's like in the original trilogy, but it's not. Um, with this one, it's probably going to be, I mean, especially because you got laid out 99 bucks for an X-Wing, and I, I, which I have. I mean, I have the X-Wing already, Luke's version. But he looks great. And if you're a Rogue One fan, like this is fantastic. But this was a great reuse of the tool. Yes, definitely. Uh, And they also mentioned that our beloved Razor Crest will be in production this summer. They just got the final, I guess, uh, what do you call it? The final sculpt or the final product before they actually go into making the tools. That, yeah, that's called the uh, toolette model. Toolette model. Thank you. Or at least that's what we called it at Mattel, but I assume it's universal. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get this one. Almost did, but uh, then they blew it up. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, I still have hope he's going to get it back. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously got to be more of them out there. I believe Although- some people say they saw one. In um, I want to say either Last Jedi or no the the, the Rise of Skywalker. Yes, no, yeah. no, no. The first one, it was just outside Maz Katana's bar. Oh, a Razor Crest in Episode Seven. Yes, it's oh, in the background. That's look. what I've heard. Yeah. Because I had also heard it shows up in that fleet battle in episode nine. Yes. Um, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking about. But I don't know. It's, I, I kind of think that it was uh, blown up as part of a way of moving the character forward. Like he's no longer a bounty hunter and right. he's now going to be like a Mandalorian, like revolutionary. But okay. it's like the way they had to blow up Asgard. Oh, it's a continuous story. Yeah. I still think he's going to get it back, though. I don't know. I'm being hopeful. No, I'm I'm not doubting your hope. I'm just, yeah, (laughs) laying on my own peasant. All right, Scorponics. Uh, Yes. From from, uh, Predacon Scorponic from Kingdom Deluxe. Now, here's something I've talked to Ian about and other Transformer collectors. All these different classes. I mean, it, it gets confusing after a while, doesn't it? Or, or if you're, you know, really into it, you, you understand it, but it, I don't know. It just looks 
Like, why have a subcategory for the same figure? Yeah, it, it, it definitely, I think, confuses things a little bit. There's, there's a lot. There's more in Transformers than there is in, like, any other toy line. Right? Yeah. So, Scorponok is a Kingdom Deluxe figure. Will be released in July 2299. Now, granted, we're, you know, filming the, or taping this on a Sunday. Most of these pre-orders are already sold out right now. But I'm sure they're going to come back eventually. Now, here's an interesting Transformer. I'm not really big. I'm a G1 guy, so these new guys are just, I don't know, just weird to me. Like, Wing Finger Fossilizer, $22.99, also in July. Like, I... You know, I'd rather have Swoop, personally. <laughs> yeah, if they weren't in the 86 movie, it's not a Transformer to me. Exactly. And have you seen the 86 line? They look small to me. Yeah, the scale is wonky. Very much so, yes. I'm glad I'm not the only not, one that it's thinks not that. Cons- it's not that it's small. It's not. It's that it, more that it's not consistent. Right, okay. You know, it's like you can make figures in it of any scale you want. They could be, you know, one inch, but they should all be in scale to each other. Exactly. And here's tracks. Kingdom deluxe 2299. Also in July. Here's his alt mode. Now I'm a masterpiece collector, but I don't know. The, they're definitely an improvement over the eighties, but there's uh, again, maybe it's like you said, but it just looks something looks off on on some of these to me. Yeah, I mean, part of it I think is the plastic over the die cast. It's oh, okay. Look and feel. Um, yeah, you know. So here's tracks in flight mode. And another one. Okay. Is that so, NASCAR's car from Mask? Yeah. Now there's a line. Now. Believe it or not, I've heard somebody that was actually at a Hasbro meeting and they flat out said, Mask will never succeed at retail today. And they know this because... I don't know. And the person the person who told me this information was actually at that meeting. It was a whole meeting about Mask. They said... It'll never work as a retail line and even less so as a movie. I now, think it's because it's too close to Transformers and they don't want a competitive line out there. Oh, okay. That's interesting. But yet, I mean, it's still the same company though. I mean, granted it is somewhat of a competition, but it's all going to the same person no? Um, it's like, yes and no. There's a lot of politics at toy companies, internal politics. And sometimes they don't like creating their own competition. Um, and even though they don't, the, the, the cars don't turn into robots, they have, it's the same play pattern. Transformers is an interesting play pattern. It's, and you could, I did a whole video on this on shameless plug Spectre creative YouTube channel about the Transformers aren't action figures as much as they are 3D puzzles for kids to solve, right. uh, putting them from one mode to the other. 
And that's really what Bask is. They are vehicles that are 3D puzzles to change from one type of vehicle to another. And that play pattern is very unique and Transformers kind of owns it. And they may see that if they put Mask out there, it's not as much that it puts out a competitor, an internal competitor, but it opens up the floodgates for other companies to start putting out other 3D puzzle transforming toys and recognize okay. the play pattern, which they hope no one else notices. Gotcha. And this is Kingdom Voyager class Rhinox, $24.99, also released in July. Part oh, that's of the my daughter named my imaginary rhino was Rhinox. I didn't I totally forgot that that was his character's name. That's pretty cool. And now here's a figure. I hope they redo this at least for the 86 Galvatron. movie line. Galvatron. Yeah. Like yeah. I I like the fact that he does come with the chain in the matrix. Now I've heard some people, you know, go back and forth on the, the look of the, in his robot mode from this angle. I kind of like it now. Like first they, we talked about this last a uh, couple of weeks ago and it just looked stocky and weird, but at this angle I could see it. Yeah. I, again, I'm such a purist when it comes to transformers. I just like, you know, even if they can't transform and I have to buy like two toys, one in robot mode and one in uh, like vehicle mode or gun, mo well, spaceship mode, I guess, for him. Um, I'd almost prefer that because I want it to look exactly like I find Transformers often compromise aesthetic in order to incorporate the feature. And I find that frustrating, but I understand right. at the same time. Right. Yeah. And with masterpieces, it's kind of like the opposite because most of my masterpieces would take me literally an hour just to transform. 3D puzzle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just leave them in robot mode or Yeah, sometimes transformed my my masterpiece Optimus Prime in, into a vehicle and I walked in the room. I was like, why is there a truck on that table that used to be a robot? <laughs> Make that a robot again, please. <laughs> and now here's one that came out of nowhere. The arc. Like this, I was not expected to see. And he comes with micro figures for scale, which I think is a, is a awesome touch. And yeah, they would have to be tiny. And that's cool. Him in spaceship mode. Now I love the figure, but here's what gets me. I don't think he needed to transform. I didn't he's, know he could transform. I don't think he does. Like in I, G1, I thought he was just stuck in the in the volcano, and that was it. They abandoned him. This is the first time I think I've ever seen an image or thought about him as transforming. Yeah, exactly. And then he also comes with Teletran 1. So That's you, for cool. you for Yeah, for you photographers out there. Now, he is a Kingdom Titan class... Autobot arc and he's one forty nine ninety nine in July. Now, do you think his price point is so high because he transforms? I mean, I'm guessing he's big physically too. Like, I think they should have just left him in, you know, like this and that would have been perfect for me. Yeah. It's, that's kind of, I mean, it goes into the whole like brand integrity thing of like, 
every time they've put out non-transforming transformers, they've done very poorly at retail. Even though that's what I just said I want, but they don't yeah. do well because they don't. It's again, it's the play pattern. Transformers are about three D puzzles. They're not traditional action figure play. I mean, they are also, but they're the what makes them unique is that they're three D puzzles. And now here's a, a figure that I've heard happily termed as middle aged Rodimus Prime. <laughs> Yeah, now, that is prime, but. now, they're saying it's based on the comic book. That's why his face looks aged. Because robots age. Yeah, exactly. Well, then again, I mean, robots don't grow, you know, beards or goatees, but we've seen that also. So here's Hot Rod. Pretty much standard. And then his chest opens up and has a space or a capsule, if you will, for the matrix of leadership. And here's him in vehicle mode. Now I've heard a lot of people are upset because of the separation here on the tailpipes. Yeah. There's a a visible gap in the tailpipes that should be solid. Right. And then one of the cool things comes with plenty of storage in his trailer. So you can fit like weapons or, you know, smaller pieces in there. Cupcakes. <laughs> and, and then it opens up like the G1 version and has a cannon. So commander class Rodimus prime based on the comics. And he will be released in July, forty nine ninety nine. I don't know. I prefer the uh, movie version, the one that just came out. But again, like you know, just it's so tiny. And then we have. Tricranius, $29.99, and he will be out in August. Comes with a ton of accessories, a lot of... Those look like Marvel Legends blasts that they recycle. They do. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they are. And it looks like a merman sword. Yeah. He also comes with a War of Cybertron trilogy box. And let's see here. $29.99, and he will be released in August. And now here's something that was really comic book inspired. Now, I haven't read any of the IDW comics, but Shattered Glass Blur. Now, from what I've heard, it's an alternate timeline story. Oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not up on the uh, Transformers comic books as much. Yeah, um, this one's based on the IDW comic. But it basically looks like the, like I said, the 86 movie version, just with a different head and color scheme. Does he come with micro machines? No. <laughs> it's funny you said that because uh, 
John, um, I don't want to butcher his name, Mosquita. He actually, he actually went on to um, my other podcast, The People of Eternia Facebook, and he left me a comment. I thought that was pretty cool. And speaking of cool stuff, Kevin Smith announced this incredibly detailed, incredibly lifelike Robosyn Optimus Prime. Open for pre-order right now, $699. It transforms by itself. Well, it you talks. Have to I'm sorry? I think you have to at least press a button. I mean, he's not sentient. No, no. Um, I believe <laughs> you have to command him. Like, um, he yells, and I'm sure this is to the chagrin of every Transformers fan, but he says Optimus Prime convert. So I'm sure people are screaming out right now. Transformers don't convert. They transform. Maybe it's a religious thing. Well, possibly. Maybe he's thinking about like, you know, embracing a different faith. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. So I went to the website to check it out. It's the only item on Hasbro Pulse right now that has not sold out. So if you have 700 to burn, you may want a cool Optimus Prime. That walks, talks, voiced by Peter Cullen, which was a very nice touch. And there's an app you can play with on this Optimus Prime to actually pose him the way you want him. So $700. And then the last announcement was Soundwave. Ah, my favorite Transformer. Now, let's see here. He is Kingdom Core Class Soundwave, and he comes with a small laser beak that fits right into his chest also. And what's here? $9.99, and he will be released in the fall. And actually, I think I missed one. Here we go. This guy. Robosin. Oh, excuse me. No, this is Kingdom Core Class Dracodon, nine ninety nine, and will be released in the fall. I have no idea. I've never seen this transformer before. This is like the first time. I mean, it's interesting how how they evolved into Beast Machines. But speaking of Beast Machines, they also announced. More Dinobots at the end of the year. So hopefully we'll actually get more Dinobots besides the millions of Grimlock that we've seen. Grimlock not happy about that. <laughs> and then let's see here. And now moving on to Power Rangers. They really didn't do that many announcements with Power Rangers other than we're getting metallic Rangers. Now the pink ranger's already been in this form, the metallic form. But now we're getting Billy, Aisha, the yellow ranger, and Rocky, the red ranger. Have tool will redeco. Yeah, like I said, 
they're doing that same translucent like glitteriness on all their figures now. And also add you know kids attention in the Twilight. Adam, and then Hasbro really pays attention to their comic fans because the Mighty Morphin Tyrannosaurus Sentry from the IDW comics is also a figure now for the Lightning Collection. I love how all six-inch lines like have their own name. The Lightning Collection, the Plasma Series, the Blast. Yeah, exactly. Now, I do believe this is the, with the exception of Billy, these Ranger figures are the first to have this second wave of Rangers, like Adam took over as Black, Rocky took over as Red, and Aisha. Which leads us to G.I. Joe. Now, they've gone all in on this Snake Eyes movie, which will premiere, they've announced, July 23rd. And that's what the... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm butchering What's the name of the G.I. Joe six-inch line? That revolution... Um, classified. Classified, yeah. Um, it was supposed to be part of... It was supposed to be part of this movie line. Oh, okay. Um, that's why it's been so hard to find, is because... The movie line, because of COVID, got pushed out. Right. But the classic sculpted figures still shipped, but without a planogram spot at retail, they've had a. They've, that's why it's been so hard to find them because they're an orphan skew, more or less. They were supposed to be part of the 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 planogram space for the Snake Eyes movie, which, as you said, they went all in, and there's a very robust line. And so, classified will now be a lot easier to find now that it has a proper home. And not just like one peg. Wow. Well, that's good to know for G.I. Joe fans. Because, I mean, that's the number one complaint between Classified and NECA. They just, people can't seem to find these things. So here's uh, Snake Eyes himself from the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes Origins movie. Six inch. And they're considered Classified figures. Yeah, I think they just sort of meshed what you would call classic style and then movie style, but they're all in the same line. Well, which again, which is why the current classified stuff is like so screwed up because so much of it didn't ship. (laughs) (laughs) So here's storm shadow. And then people are complaining. I mean, you can never please any toy fan. Toy fans complain. What? Never heard. (laughs) Yeah, they don't like the white. It's more like a egg white or bone white. Oh, that... it's frost all over again. <laughs> and then here's a Kiko. I believe she's supposed to be Snake Eyes' sister, if I got that right. Well, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> and then here's the Baroness, who, I don't know, really doesn't look like the Baroness to me. And Scarlet. Scarlet came out really well. Yeah, she looks nice. I like the hair. Yeah, definitely. And that takes care of the adult collector. Now for kids, they get a whole different wave. So here's Scarlet. 
Storm this, Shadow. This is still six inch. Yes, still six inch. And the children's version, $9.99. As oh, the sick. origins, right, the adult collector, $19.99. And these less figures will be released in August. They must there must be less articulation, I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. I mean these, yeah. I mean, They're probably the, like the, the Avengers six-inch figures that they put out for kids. Gotcha. Now you see, this one looks more closer to Baroness than the adult line. Yeah, left it. This is a kind of a wait and see kind of thing. Was that Firefly? No, this is um, Snake Eyes for kids. That's, oh, that's Snake Eye. Oh, yeah. Crazy. With the blue, it like threw me. He's got a blue visor for people listening at home. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's to, you know, differentiate, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's to color differentiate for kids. Right, right. Like Disco Skeletor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Then there's some troopers, there's a group scene, and now the cycles. Now Storm Shadow has one, and Snake Eyes has one. Now there's a peg. Popping out, if you could see it right there. You're supposed to put the figure in like some kicking move. And if you press on the seat, the spit the figure spins on the motorcycle. Cool. So now they, can, they can battle. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that's cool. That could be fun. Yeah. But I'm just wondering how many kids are going to hit themselves or their friends. <laughs> Here's a 12 inch snake eyes for the movie. And the 12 inch will be 1999. And lots of play features for children on, on the snake snake eyes line of toys. Here's a helmet and a glowing sword. Or light up sword, excuse me. So. Yep, all part of the uh, planogram that was there to support classified that never shipped. So you um so once the movie is out, then they shouldn't have any problems finding more classifieds. Then I've been saying that for months, only on Spectra Creative, the YouTube channel, self plug number three. Yeah, no, I made a whole video about that. Like the reason they're hard to find, but once the movie hits, like. They weren't supposed to exist without the movie. It was, you know, like that. The movie was what gave them the retail space. And gotcha. so now you take that away and they're an orphan skew. So it's like, of course, like, you know, especially the, uh, you know, the stock person is going to have no idea where to put it because they can't find the rest of the toys. So they're just going to like throw it away. I mean, not away, but like sometimes that's why they don't get stocked because I don't think a lot of people realize that packaging is made like 70% for the stock person. So that they could figure out where to put it. Oh, okay. That's like I, used, I worked in toy packaging for two years, and most of what you're doing is creating a line look, not necessarily for the end user, but for the stocker, so that when they pull it out of the master carton, they can find where it's supposed to go. So when you're only shipping one skew without the rest of the line, you have no idea where to put it. Oh, interesting. And then we forgot to mention Fortnite. Did we? They, they just announced. Oh, there's, I mean, I don't play personally, but people really enjoy this series. 
and in this line of figures will include Ripley, Chaos Agent Midas Rex, and Lynx. Now, something special with these figures, they're using pinless joints and photoreal tech to create them like their actual screen counterparts. I what but hey yeah what Hasbro is doing with the pinless joints is amazing. Yeah, I've heard a lot of complaints about pins and joints, and then a big complaint I've heard about um, Masters of the Universe Origins: the knees. Yeah, the knees look a little like they all have natural like knee pads on or something. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of weird. And then they're also yeah. coming out with deluxe figures like <laughs> Meowskulls. <laughs> That's I, I mean I don't play Fortnite, but I gotta say visually, like I love they just are the coolest. They are so cool looking. It is interesting, yeah. Yeah, and then they got the hamburger head guy, and they got I mean just like like the craziest, craziest designs. I love it. And then he comes with his own gym, it looks like. Yeah, that is old like, gym. I'd almost want that just for the gym to like put He-Man on that bench. Right? Like, that's cool. And then here's Sky. She will also be a deluxe figure. And now here's something interesting. Luke Shark. He comes with a... He's basically a pinata. You can break him open. And- <laughs> that's crazy. Like, again, I don't play Fortnite, but like, I love it. It's like so much... This is what toys are supposed to be. Yes. Like, definitely. I love it. Although the shark reminds me of McFarland's um, animal line, the 10 something. Yeah. The cyber animals. Yes. Yeah. So this is pretty cool. And then you can, apparently you can use them in a bunch of different ways. That is, that's terrific. Yeah. Hopefully the line won't jump the shark. (laughs) Good one. Okay. So. That about does it for this installment of the Toy Lines. I want to thank our special co-host, Scott Toy Guru Nightlick. If you're inclined, please do so. Log on to Spectre Creative YouTube channel. You're going to get a PhD in, in toys. I mean, he, he's being very modest, but if you want to know the ins and outs of the toy industry, watch his videos. And if you love He-Man, you're, you're probably already watching it. I mean, it's it's great. He also has... Now, you do um, some sort of um, script writing on your videos? Oh, like, professionally? No, um, the doodles. Oh, that, oh, right? oh, oh, script, like, writing. Like, um, you're talking about doodling? Hier- yeah, hier- you, you're hier- doing hieroglyphics? <laughs> um, yeah, that, again, that started off just with the whole COVID board thing um so one of my hobbies for years has been egyptology and um i learned how to how to write middle kingdom hieroglyphics and when i started doing that i was looking for a youtube video to teach me and i couldn't find there were like some overviews but there wasn't anything that was like intensive so i said you know what i'm gonna do it so yeah i think i'm up to episode like 66 i just recorded so every Sunday morning at eight o'clock, there's another lesson, but I do highly recommend people start from lesson one because it is, uh, it does build, but yeah, I, I bring people through first how to draw all major 160 glyphs. And then now we're actually getting into sentence structure and verbs. 
So wow. if you ever wanted to learn how to draw and or read and write hieroglyphics, uh, it is a week by week lesson or guide. And I have like 400 people like watching episodes, which you know, it's way less cool. than I watch it. But yeah, I mean, it's, I consider it like, you know, my Sunday morning class. So uh, it's up there too. And I try to make it funny and interesting and I'll throw in pop culture references when I can and uh, doodling with purpose, because, you know, if you're sitting there in a meeting and you're bored to death and you're doodling, you might as well be doodling with purpose. Definitely. So I want to give a thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. If you're in the market and you're looking for something, try hashtag collectors helping collectors on Twitter. They've been a big resource for finding and selling action figures that you can't find. Let's beat the scalpers collectors helping collectors. We are now on YouTube. Please subscribe, hit that bell and tell a friend. Also, I want to give a shout out to two people that have recently joined our, our, or have subscribed to us. K dog and Mephisto negative. So welcome. I hope you like what we're doing. Please join the conversation at toyspodcast at gmail.com. We are now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Please enjoy our newest podcasts, Rocketeer Radio and People of Eternia. Now, if you haven't been watching Rocketeer or listening to Rocketeer Radio, you're doing yourself an injustice, If you're, especially if you're a Rocketeer fan. Ian has been doing some amazing things. His season finale... Will, is coming up really soon. He has this incredible guest. You will not believe who he got. It's You want to stay tuned for that. April 6th launched our friend Rob McCallum's Kickstarter, Faking Filmation, the story of animation and the history of filmation, the struggle of James E. Talk's unofficial faker movie er, episode. Please join them. Kickstarter is April 6th. If you're a He-Man fan, you're, you're already into it, I'm sure. But please support them. Pixels Dan's book, The Toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, is coming out this month, later this month. If you haven't purchased that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go on to Amazon. If you don't want the compendium, just get his book. But if you do want the compendium, I believe it's available now at Big Bad Toy Store. I got mine. Follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, at Toylines, and Facebook, at Toylines. Thank you again to Scott Knightlick. Scott, thank you so much for stepping in. Ian, hopefully we'll, you know, he'll be here next week and we support him. So play with your toys. Play with them all. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC. Which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? 
Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's Wizards, Wizards, the the podcast podcast guide guide to to comics. comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me. And Michael, that's me. We'll take you through the 90s comic book boom, through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So, we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So, we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. (laughs) 